What's up, pals? Welcome to Super Nerd Pals episode 130. I'm your host for today, Chris Sampson. I'm Stan Kudersky. And I'm Andy. We got a baby pizza boy. <laughs> oh! And Ryan's not here yet. She might be joining us later in the episode. She might not. Who knows? It's it's, come, it's it's becoming the norm where we haven't had all all four members of the band here, but we still have a great episode. But we will. You know why? Because it's October, and that's the magic month. I want someone to call me out for lying on my Twitter. Tweet Andy at Sweet Justice One, tell him he's a liar, and tell him you want your money back. No, we're gonna get a call halfway <laughs> through. We're gonna see if we can get her on. But this, but this wagon train keeps keeps on rolling. It keeps on rolling. So, guys, um, I I was I wasn't here last week. I, w- I went to oh I was working at Baltimore Comic Con, which was pretty cool. Um, and you guys had a pretty interesting episode, just off the rails, off the chain. I like it, you know, free form. It's like Freudian free association, not, stream of consciousness. Not by choice. I, I not by choice, but still worked. Yeah, it was. It's good to switch it up. But uh, how you guys been? Pretty been, uh, good. good. Just waiting for that Comic Con. Next week. Yeah, so as of recording this, um, it will be... Wow. Uh, the the day after. Po- yeah, the, the day, day after. after so yeah. yeah, so I will be in New York City on Wednesday. I will be in New York Sunday. City, too. I will also be in New York City, <laughs> Ryan too. will be in New York City. <laughs> Woo! This will be our official yearly SMP Summit, which I'm really excited about. This is our f- full third... Third time? Third, 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 third summit. Third. The third annual Super Nerd Pals in the flesh. We have been summoned. And we're gonna we're gonna lay siege to Cab Caliente and it's gonna be great. Hey Chris, did you did you read Batman Red Death? So I've been really <laughs> off my right. comics. Uh but <laughs> I know on. all I know, I I just you know, I just it's just Dark Universe Flash and just, I thought you would have. I just. I thought you would have liked it because at the end of that comic book, Batman chains the Flash to the front of the Batmobile and drives so fast he burns him through the Speed Force. Oh, and what the? Fuck? Are you serious? And absorbs oh him into God. his body, so he becomes the like a speed demon. That's awesome. Yes. I. 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 I'm not up to date with the Red Death, but you know, just everything that. Dark Knight Metal, including the lead-up comics and the actual metal tie-ins, is just so ridiculous. I love it. Um, it's like it's Batman like, meets Mad Max. It, it's like Batman meets Mad Max meets the like every heavy every eighties heavy metal cover you ever seen. So like like Iron Maiden and like Metallica and like it's just or like it's like Batman meets Metalocalypse. It's just so over the top, campy. Grim dark, and I love it. It's so good. I've been like digging the one shots because it shows how that particular version of Batman became like corrupted and like a villain. And the in the case of the Red Death one, he was getting older and he just wanted to use the Speed Force to like supplement his body. And then Barry was like, "No, you can't handle it." And he was like, "Fuck that!" He took it by force, and he became like this like evil Speed Force vigilante. And I'm, and the one that's coming. I know we're not at the poll list yet, but the Green Lantern one's coming out this week, and that's going to be Dawn Breaker. Dawn Breaker number one. one, And Mm. I'm actually interested to to see them all. I wasn't expecting to, but it's pretty interesting to see Mm. it happen. But anyway, yeah, it's not the first time Batman was a lantern. You had, um, oh god, the what like the Elseworlds 
Elseworlds title where he got the Green Lantern ring. I could, I don't remember the name. Darkest Night. And then Darkest Night. That's right. And then the is it? It was like the uh, what was it? Brightest Brightest Day, uh, line of comics. Um, he oh god, I think I think he he got like, the Green Lantern ring then. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there was some other comic where Batman ended up with the Yellow Lantern ring, which is really bad. I think it was. I I don't know. I was thinking maybe Sinestro Core War, but I'm not that familiar with the Green Lantern stuff, so I can't say for sure. But I do remember seeing that page where he became Yellow Lantern. Yeah, that was dope. Was it also Batman also had the White Lantern ring too, right? I thought Kyle Kyle Rayner became the White. I think Lantern. they all had them at during Brightest Day, and then Kyle Rayner was like, "I'll take, I'll be taking those back now. I'm a space cop." Beep boop. You guys are talking about news. Yeah. Let's talk about the news. Uh, so this really surprised me. Uh, I I found out about this while listening to another podcast, and I, I I just really wanted to bring it up and see your thoughts about it. So Terminator Six is a thing. It's coming out in 2019. What's really surprising? It's ignoring the last three movies what to, yes it's so so like in terms of the, the the movie franchise you got your t1 your t2 judgment day and then you got t3 uh rise of the, Mach- oh, rise of rise the machines the yeah and then you had the spin-off which i don't exactly Terminator know salvation Sal- salvation and then you had um, genesis with a y Terminator I genesis think. yeah yeah so and now, oh no! Wait, I'm missing one. There was there was Terminator Salvation. That was the one with Christian Bale. No, you got them all. No, wait, yeah, really? Because this one's the sixth wait, one. Wait, so but there was the, there was the other one. Sarah Connor Chronicles, wait, wait. the TV show. Is that what no, you're thinking about? No, 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 no. Because that was a there pretty was a good movie. TV show. I don't, I hear very good things about it, but it was the one after Christian Bale. It had Jai Courtney and Helena Bonham Carter, or was that was that Rise of the Machines? Not, maybe it's Rise of the Machines. I don't know. I don't, who knows? Anyway, Terminator 6 is ignoring the last three movies. It's going to be a direct sequel to Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Arnold Schwarzenegger is coming back. Uh, Linda Hamilton is coming back. Uh, James Cameron is coming back as a producer. And it's being directed by Tim Miller, the director of Deadpool. It's like, holy shit, this is like an all-star cast. I, like, I don't know how they're going to do it, how they're going to pull it off, but... All the other three movies are apparently in some alternate dimension, alternate timeline where it never happened, and they're going to ignore it and sweep it under the rug, and there's going to be a direct sequel. So I'm curious how they'll explain, like, the age gap. I mean, I guess you could use, like, CGI to make everyone look younger, because, you know, we, we, we you can do that with Robin Downey Jr. and Civil War, so... This is great news because, like, most of the band is back together. I don't know what happened to the actor who played... John Connor, when he was a kid. I don't know how you guys feel about other John Connor interpretations, like Christian Bale or... Um, oh, God, I don't remember who played him originally in the first movie. Um, Macaulay Culkin. Uh, Macaulay Culkin, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, Edward Forlong. That's, that's the right. guy that played him in uh, Judgment Day. Okay, yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. But what are your guys' thoughts? Uh, Shia LaBeouf as wait Shia LaBeouf, John Connor. Oh, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh damn! Rise of the Giant Machines. 
Oh, God. And then Michael Bay's also a producer no. on the show. <laughs> I take it back. Jared Leto is John Connor. Jared, no! All right, no. all right, all right. My last one. Ryan Gosling is John Connor. Okay, I, I thought go. I totally thought you were going to go somewhere else. Chris Pratt is John Connor. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go there. Willem Dafoe Will is Defoe. John Connor. No, he's gonna. No, be... no, 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 Dottie, Dottie Ed, Dottie Ed. All right, I'll do yes, that. Dottie Ed. Uh, All right, so I'm gonna be honest. I didn't watch uh, Terminator Genesis. Yenesis. I haven't seen Genesis either, but I kind of want to because Daenerys Targaryen's in it. Yeah, and then, and then she was young again, and then the, the, one of the Terminators raised her from birth, and. Uh, yeah, I don't know. continuity. And it's a but... lot of like time traveling to the first movie too, right? Yeah, I think shit. that's what it was. They went back. Maybe it's like a Days of Future Past thing. They went back, and now we got this different timeline that we're in now. Or you know what? We can have twenty years of exit movies that have all kinds of fucking timelines. We can. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares about those last Listen. two movies? I didn't even see two of them. Hmm. I never Rise seen. Of the Machines Wait, which was one dumb. didn't you see? I saw the first three. I didn't see Salvation or Genesis. All right, I'm gonna be honest. I fucking love Terminator Salvation. The movie's pretty good. Yeah, that, that was right around the time, like after, or it was like during or after Christian Bale wrapped up The Dark Knight, or no, it was after The Dark Knight, I think, because everyone was riding like the Nolan verse wave, and it's like, oh shit, Christian Bale's the hottest, hottest actor on the block. We need to cast him as John Connor. And I, I, for me, I really enjoyed Sal- Salvation, and I think Common was in there, and he was playing what? Yeah, Common was playing one of one of uh, John Connor's uh, lieutenants. And then a really random fact, I remember uh, during college, I went to a, a concert with one of my friends, and we saw Common, and Common, he was he he was freestyling for. Like thirty minutes, and he was dropping lines about the Terminator Salvation movie, and how he was working with Christian Bale while <laughs> rapping. It was great. It was awesome. All right, I have one last suggestion. This one, the Terminators are cars, and the only one who could save us is Vin Diesel as John Connor. Yes, <laughs> but is that Fast and Furious? Come on, you, you know, you know, just. All right, so I just I just want to let it be known what just went through my mind when you mentioned cars. I binged the shit out of Rick and Morty season one and two, and all I thought of was Morty turning into the car. Oh. <laughs> all right, that, but Arnold Schwarzenegger's doing that, and yeah. Vin Diesel's driving him. Nice. <laughs> I approve. Uh, okay. Very good. I'm excited for this. Yeah. I'm, I'll probably see it. Yeah. Because why not? Yeah. And, um... Arnold Schwarzenegger is 70 years old, but could still kill us with a single muscle flex, and Linda Hamilton is still badass. Uh, James Cameron, he's talented. I mean, he's been raising some flack recently. He's been like, he's been taking every opportunity to trash the Wonder Woman movie. As like, I don't understand why you're doing this, James Cameron. You're you're wrong. Also, he's trying to get us to watch like five fucking Avatar movies. This is true. Yeah. No. Th- <laughs> yeah. No and then Tim Miller. Tim Miller does great work. Um, so I think, you know, James Cameron aside, um, I think this is going to be an awesome movie. I'm really curious what the, how, the direction they'll go with. Uh, being like a direct sequel to Judgment Day. So I don't know. Maybe everyone's ends up in a... Wait, it's going to... 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah Judgment Day. So like, what do you, first whatever reason I thought like, you were what, saying wrong. What do you think will happen? Like, is it is it gonna be like uh, Sarah Connor in prison after you know they just walk off destroying a foundry and or T one thousand comes back? I don't know. I mean, that's that's I think it's a doesn't make sense. I don't think that, I think it'd be a cop out, but. Maybe a cameo. Oh, oh god, T one thousand. Even even those graphics stand up today, uh, and and that's so good. <laughs> uh, Stan just he, melted. He gave the thumbs up. I don't know. Uh, who knows? But any ideas of uh, what could happen in a direct sequel? Like you know, an- an- another, um, another 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 t- uh, another T. What's it? T eight hundred comes back, and he's as- all right. So, so Arnold Schwarzenegger comes from the future again to let uh, I don't know to either protect or try to kill Sarah Connor. That's usually what happens. Yes, <laughs> that's that's all I got. Oh man! Oh, Arnold Schwarzenegger versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh snap! Yes. He'll be back. He'll be back <laughs> twice. Oh uh, god. Stan, any ideas? <laughs> um hmm. Sarah Connor teams up with John McLean and they gotta save Los Angeles from Hans Gruber T T one thousand. Oh god. Oh, God. oh, oh, I just got it. So Arnold Schwarzenegger comes back and he tells Sarah Connor that Voldemort has been resurrected as a Terminator and she's the chosen one. Sarah Connor, you're a wizard. <laughs> and now she too has to enroll in Hogwarts. Yes, as an adult woman. <laughs> just like. <laughs> Every teacher is Otto Schwarzenegger, but they're wearing the exact same wardrobe as other Harry Potter professors. What house do you think she'd be in? Oh, uh, I feel like she'd be in Ravenclaw. I was just gonna yeah. say Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw's number one, if not that, Gryffindor. Hans Gruber T1000 is Snape. T- t- just took his place. <laughs> Oh god. This is great. I want this. I want all of this. Alright, so stay tuned for uh Terminator Terminator 3, the the Philosopher's Stone or something. <laughs> Terminator 3, the Chamber of Secrets. Oh god. Thanks guys. I'm I'm tearing up right now. This is beautiful. Also, John McClane is a wizard, too, even though he's got muggle parents, so it turns out that they're classmates. John, <laughs> John McClane, he doesn't use a wand, he uses like he uses a gun. He's like, Avada Kedavra, bang! <laughs> <laughs> so he's a dark wizard? John McClane's a dark wizard. <laughs> Hold on, I don't know why, I just expected him to, like, say, expecto patronum, and then, like, pull out a shotgun and shoot someone. <laughs> uh, he just yells to, to Rod, Axio pistol, and then Rod throws him a pistol. I was like, yeah. <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Uh, you know how, like, all the wizards yeah. have a pet? John McClane's will be a box of bullets. <laughs> well, I guess with what, what school magic? Uh, not Transfiguration. Uh, yeah, no, Transfiguration. He'll just he'll just animate the bullets, and it, like the bullets will melt like T one thousand style, and they'll form into like a cat. And whenever he needs bullets, you know, like the like, <laughs> like the cat will like melt part of itself, and it'll slide up his arm and it, into the bullet uh, into the bullet chamber, and it forms bullets. It's it's, it's killing itself, so. John could kill others for justice. <laughs> I got this image of Sarah Connor and John McClane in wizard robes and shotguns, like back to back. Destroying Terminator professors. I just got like a better image. What about them two playing against guns. each other? <laughs> they're, they're not even. Yeah, because John McClane. <laughs> He's in Hufflepuff, so it's they're not even they're not even sneakers or or seekers or or um they're 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 bludgers, but they don't use bats. They just shotguns to like fire to shoot the other balls around. And uh, 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 yes, uh, this is this is so great, guys. <laughs> this is something I never knew I always needed. Uh... <laughs> That's the weirdest fanfiction we ever we ever wrote. Uh, and then we're gonna backdoor pilot it into the the, the Rang universe, so it's gonna be great. I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh. All right, how about we how about we move on oh. to some other movie news? So, um, so a couple of weeks ago, we were reporting on um the standalone Joker movie uh with uh, Martin Scorsese. And, you know, there was also some follow-up news how Leonardo DiCaprio might be in talks to play the Joker or maybe even Bruce. Um, but uh, the bigger picture is that um, Warner Brothers is experimenting with more, uh, like, one-shot uh, ex- ex- uh, stories or movies that are outside the DC Expanded Universe continuity. And in light of this... They created a standalone sl- side label to produce these these types of movies, and they're gonna try to focus less on uh, building an interconnected cinematic universe. And I guess from my point of view, I think this is maybe Warner Brothers maybe conceding to Marvel, like they've long lost the game and the momentum to catch up with Marvel. So uh, maybe they're they're gonna. It's it seems to me like someone's on the Warner Brothers staff is looking through all their. You know all their source material and stuff, and and maybe they 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 stopped at Elseworlds and like, oh, we should try to do this as movies, and they're making like, you know, side movies which are don't necessarily, you don't need to watch any other movies. You can, you can just watch them uh, just right off the bat. Um, and I think it's really interesting. Uh, so, what are your thoughts about this shift in studio? I mean, style? I feel like when you're doing the intertwined movies, um. Obviously, Marvel started extremely early. And, um, yeah. And, and Warner Brothers, I don't know. I feel like they were trying to catch up, but like every time they were going through that momentum, they wound up like ending up back to where they started and like rebooting a movie again. And, I feel like this will give them reason 
to make movies and not specifically have people casted, like, for instance, Ben Affleck as Batman, um, this, this will, like, make it so that Ben Affleck isn't the only person who will be Batman ever. It's like, it'll, it'll give other people opportunities to play these roles. And like you said, they could probably do, like, a lot of cool Elseworld stories and use, use different cast. And it doesn't, and it doesn't, it doesn't stick us with Jared Leto as the Joker. So overall, oh, thank this you. is the most amazing news I've ever heard. Right, right. <laughs> and, and for me, I, I, I think, I, yeah, one, Jared Leto, please, please stop. Please stop getting work. I love you, but I don't. <laughs> so stop. <laughs> um, but I, 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 from a directorial standpoint, I guess even from a studio standpoint, it, I think Warner Brothers just gets a lot more flexibility. Um, they they just remove this, you know, this source of stress to act, to make sure everything plots or f- everything fits up right, everything um, like sticks up correctly, you know, so that certain movies like Suicide Squad, or, you know, doesn't have to, you know, also remind people, oh, this is part of a greater universe, or how Batman versus Superman doesn't have to be like. You know, extended like Justice League setup. They could just Warner Bros. has a lot of freedom to do this and uh, to do with this, like really interesting stories, and the f- the freedom to hire really really crazy good talent and you know have them play in this this sandbox of of DC characters. Like I I maybe ten years ago, fifteen years ago, I if someone told you that Martin Scorsese is going to correct direct a Batman movie, I don't think anyone would be like. Marius Scorsese, no him, like no, like he's he's doing off doing like, like mob movies and 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 like really like auteur films. But now you're in this age where everyone wants a piece of the pie, and and everyone's realizing, oh, the, the source material is actually really good, and let's see what I can do with it. So you have Martin Scorsese, and maybe maybe you have some other crazy directors, uh, you know, lining up to take on like Green Lantern or Batman or Wonder Woman or whatnot. Um, as opposed to Disney Marvel, where it's vi- like it similar to Star Wars too. Um, you know, their mega franchise is very carefully tailored. Uh, so you have Kevin Feige at the top, you have Kathleen Kennedy at the top, and you know they have a specific vision. And you know you have they can hire directors who to uh, give their own personal flair and and flavor, but they still have they're still beholden to this greater story, which is not. <laughs> It's, it's, I'm not. I'm not bashing that that uh, that story. Um, that story, that that way of pr- going through things or producing things. Um, but you also have these instances or stories where, if a director or something doesn't go Disney Disney's way or Marvel's way, they get cut out. They get changed a lot. So th- we saw this happen with Edgar Wright and Ant Man. Uh, we saw this. Uh, just very recently, where um, was this? Uh, Colin Tavro, uh, the the director for Jurassic World, he was tapped to to be the director for Episode Nine, and uh, he got canned really recently, and he's got he got replaced by J.J. Andrews because uh, and it's not. Uh, I think it had to do with his re- recent movie, The Book of Henry, bombing a lot. Um, and Kathleen Kennedy's like, well, you're out. I'm gonna. Uh, this is our this is our baby, and this is our thing. So we're gonna try to preserve it. And they got JJ Abrams. So with Warner Brothers, they can hire whoever they want. 
and I think they it just relieves a giant weight off their shoulders just to be able to do anything they want like within like you know a good amount of reason but they have a lot more creative flexibility i think now yeah and i think it also gives us opportunity to like um like for instance when you're doing a cinematic universe that's all intertwined you're gonna miss out on a lot of really good stories for instance with the line that um that justice league is going we would never be able to see something like death in the family and like now that's like extremely feasible to see and that would be fucking awesome yeah can you imagine if, like the joker movie like spun off into a sequel where it, it's basically like taxi driver or like some 80s mobster movie mashed up with like plot yeah, beats from or, like, the death even, of the family that'd or, like, be awesome even seeing something as which is my favorite dc storyline under the red hood like seeing something like that on the big screen would be so amazing what I want to see is a Batman Beyond movie with Val Kilmer as Batman and an old Billy D. Williams <laughs> as Two Face. I mean, we yes. and a new Batman Beyond. Give me that real sequel to Tim Burton's Batman Returns. Wait, wait, is that Give Val Kilmer? Do, do, don't you mean Michael Keaton or? God damn it! Yes, I, I do. Say, I always like, mix Val those Kilmer, two up. I mean, I uh, I thought especially after. After his portrayals of the vultures, like shit. Listen, yes, old man Keaton. Listen, you're you're, you're Michael, definitely old man Wayne. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton has played Bruce various Wayne, yes, amounts sure. of wild birdmen. Just bring him back as this wild birdman. Yes. Yeah. He, uh, you, you have no idea Batman. how long I've been waiting for a live action Batman Beyond movie. I need it in my life. But yeah, but now, now yes. with Michael this, Keaton as Bruce Wayne is perfect, like 100 percent feasible. And on top of that, it. It'll give DC, like, DC won't have to try so hard to compete with Marvel anymore. Now they'll just kind of be doing their own thing. Can you imagine if, like, DC did what they did with their animated movies and just did it on the live, on, like, on, like live, uh, live action? Like, I, I guess in some movies, some of the DC animated movies are kind of connected, but a lot of them are standalone and just, you know, just tear out the writing staff from them and pop into uh, a studio with directors and just just do what you do but with actual people that would be amazing exactly just tell good stories it's all it's all you need to do not every issue of like batman or superman or wonder woman or the flash or whatever you pick up is like oh like here is fucking wonder woman showing up for a page and like here's like a tie-in to like the next event crossover it's like a lot of those most of them i would say you don't even have any references to any of the other heroes except the one who's starring in the book and like we all know that they're in the interconnected universe we don't need to have like a constant reminder that they all share the same universe we just know it you know so like when when batman does pop into flash it's like a cool surprise but it's like not expected you know so i think like the expectation there is that every movie needs to have this connecting thread and i think like even if you're gonna do this specific cinematic universe you don't need to always have that and i think it works just fine when when you don't also as long as you have a good story to tell and as long as they don't do the stupid goddamn thing that they do in marvel on the netflix shows where nobody can say the name captain america or the hulk for some reason and they gotta say like euphemisms for every character like that green guy with the purple shorts like you don't 
need to have that. Like, if I don't want to have Batman say like that big blue Boy Scout, like just say Superman, just just say I don't it. Know and, like, why let's, Marvel let's does move on. that. Unless he's like, unless he's being like an asshole on purpose, and he's like, you know, why don't we call Superman in? He's like, oh, that big blue Boy Scout, you know, that kind of thing. But just don't say like something stupid like that. Like, yeah, I feel like it. They, let's it's know who you're talking about. Writing that's trying to be clever and coy, but it's just just turns out like forced and lame. Yeah. It's just like, eh, yeah. eh, right, right. Yeah. And so we we know what the fuck you're talking about. They yeah. share the same universe. Yeah, even writers though we're and never studio people don't treat your audience movie. like they're stupid. Like, we, we're smart. We can figure things out. So, you know. It would be a little cooler if they did it in the opposite way. If they were, like, in one of the movies, they were like, oh, that weird dude in Hell's I mean, Kitchen. I feel, like, like, oh, I feel like it only that works would be cool, but that the other way. Around, way it's like, it's because... Funny. Why would these A-list superheroes know the, like, C-list superheroes in a sense? Or, like, the newer heroes? So it makes sense. But everyone in, like, the uh, the Netflix series, I feel like they should know the Avengers because they've made a name for themselves already. Because a giant goddamn portal in New York, New York City came out and aliens spewed out. So it's kind of hard to miss. <laughs> yeah. 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 <clears throat> cool. That was good. Um, <laughs> that was great. Let's move on. So I have one last piece of news. Um, so er, anime is real. Anime is real. Anime is real. Shut it down. Uh, there's gonna be J.J. Abrams is trying to adapt uh, with Paramount Pictures uh, a live action adaptation of Your Name. Um, way early in the year, uh, I saw this in theaters. I stand. I believe you saw it in theaters as well. Um, this epic sci-fi movie. They're trying to adapt to live action. I don't think it needs a live action adaptation. And, I mean, given the track record of a lot of Hollywood anime movies, this might be a bust. But, uh, I, I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't need to happen. Just, just direct people to the original movie. Because it's amazing. And it blows my mind. And the cynic in me feels like, J.J. Abrams of Paramount just looked over. It's like, oh, look how much money this made. Let's adapt it and try to tap it into that market. Which, from a business standpoint, makes sense. But it's like, you know, just, no, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Do you know what movie? Do you... Yeah. Defoe's in it. And... Yeah, if Defoe's in it, it would be good. <laughs> Do you know what, um, what movie, what anime would be really, really good as a live action movie? And they can't really fuck it up? My Hero Academia. Yes, 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 yes. I will, um, that's gonna be, yes, that, not even a movie, just, like, making it, like, a Netflix series, or just, like, a miniseries, because, like, I, I don't think- It would be Hero- so good. Yes. I don't think Hero Academia would do as well, well, I, I think it would do well if it's a movie, but I think it would, it would be better served as a TV series, but that's just me. Um... <laughs> Abort. Dragon Ball GT. Abort. It's already Abort. bad, so Abort. it's going to get better. Yes. Directed by directed Tommy by Wiseau. The guy who directed Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh yeah, who was? What was his name? I don't remember. Who cares? <laughs> he should. He should. Shall nobody not knows. Um, um. But yeah. So your name's not the only anime Hollywood adaptation that's in the works. Uh. Uh. Taika Waititi. Or uh, he's a New Zealand director. He's doing Thor Ragnarok, and Thor Ragnarok looks really good. 
and he wants can't to do wait. a live. I'm sorry. I said I can't wait. I cannot wait I'm... either. It looks so good, and yeah, just full yeah. of like Jack Kirby Next stuff, month. and Kate Blanchett is killing it as Hella, and the Led Zeppelin immigrant song, or, or Led Zeppelin's just playing the trailers, and it just looks like a fun movie. Uh, he wants to do a live action Akira, and I know Akira has been in the works for like. 10 years has been churning as churning through a lot of directors like it has been with Ghost in the Shell and Death Note. Um, and I'm not quite sure if they're trying to adapt the manga or the movie or the anime movie, but with, with uh, Taika or Taika, I'm sorry, I mispronounced your name. The, the, based on this work with Ragnarok, I think more than any other director or any other, or any other adaptation, uh, live action Hollywood stuff. I'm really curious to see this because like he's doing some great work and Thor Ragnarok looks awesome. So uh, I would really, I'm like more cautiously optimistic about this Akira project than the Your Name project. But we shall see. Who knows? And we still got um Full Metal Alchemist coming up soon. Yeah. So yeah, the the, the FMA live action from Japan's coming out soon. Later this month, uh, starting on the 16th, uh, U.S. theaters are playing the live-action Tokyo Ghoul movie. Um, and I've been hearing a lot of really good things about it. Um, they're making a pretty bold claim saying that it's the best live-action anime adaptation. And I'm, I'm, I think it's bold because, like, like I said before many times, the Roroni Kenshin trilogy movies are really really good. I consider them like the apex of what live action anime. I actually could be. haven't seen those yet. Oh, you! That's so good. It's so. Oh, I still haven't seen. Jo- I mean, there's I no way to get JoJo. it. Uh, get it over here at, at the moment. Besides piracy, and I don't think. Yes, please. I mean, it's definitely going to show up in theaters. Here. Yeah. I feel like uh, maybe like a year later. I don't know. I mean, Funimation's been pretty good about. Bringing over um, live action movies, I'm not. I'm just surprised why, like JoJo, given how crazy passionate the fan base is, hasn't given that treatment yet. Um, but you know, but we're getting we're getting Tokyo Ghoul. Uh, and Andy, I know you're a huge fan of Tokyo Ghoul, and uh, if you're, you have any concerns, there's been a lot of good reviews and feedback so far. My only concern is that I don't like Ken in season one. And in season two, I don't like Toka, so... Yeah, I, I in general... They like a role reverse. It's they, really, it's really true. It's really true. Uh, unpopular opinion, um, like, I don't really like the theme song for for Tokyo Ghoul that much. What's it called? Unravel? Uh, I think it's called. I don't know. I, I just don't... I know it's a crazy popular anime song, anime theme. I just don't... I, I just don't see why it's so popular. I don't know. That's just me. And I don't really like season two. I mean, it started off strong because like Kaneki can start off as such a badass, and then and then I I don't know. It just ended on a weird note to me. I don't know. It's just like he hit like everything's exploding, and he's carrying the body of his dead friend, and he's he's turning himself to the police, and it just didn't end. Well, it doesn't really. um, it doesn't follow the manga. That's true. I think that's, that's true. I think it follows the manga up to a certain point in season two, and then it like completely splits off. Yeah. So that that could be the reason. Um, 
But yeah, they also but totally. I I agree. Season one is way stronger than season two. Mm-hmm. And whenever I find myself watching uh, the series, I watch the entirety of season one, and then I watch like the first three episodes of season two. Yeah, because like uh, at the end of season one and beginning of season two, they they leave it on a major cliffhanger, where he where then Kaneki gets his like his, his second ghoul transformation. And after that, it just kind of drops off, like in in momentum and pace. And you're right; they totally like killed, like nixed and switched up the character development to make it look just seem very drastic and weird. So I don't know. But the movie's coming out, which is cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. Excited for that. Excited. So yeah. So if you're gonna see it in theaters, let us know. Tweet at us at Super Nerd Pals. Um. So Stan, uh, how about we start out with your topic? <laughs> I read some comic books. Um, I read a bunch of comic books. First, I want to say that uh, Inhumans was really bad. Yeah. Did you watch the two-hour Inhumans special? Inhumans was garbage. So, so Stan, I'm really confused. Yeah, I, I read yeah, it was saying terrible. that CBS was canceling Inhumans before it actually premiered or began. Correct. They didn't say they didn't say it was canceled. Yeah, it says now the posters are saying the complete series instead of season said, one. Or they the said that the series season. got canceled so are... after season one. Oh, they were okay. still gonna show season one because I guess it was already done and filmed. And why the fuck not? But I don't. Okay. I'm not 100 percent sure it's actually canceled. Canceled. Like I, the language is very confusing because it says complete series coming this fall or some shit like that. But it's bad. It, it shouldn't ha- exist past season one. Is what I'm saying. Is is real bad. All everyone's got bad hair. So from what I read, the first episode yeah. got rated a zero point nine. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay, so Stan. So what, Ask me what was the most atrocious thing? Was it the hair or is it like? Was like Lockjaw looked weird, or just the. It was real bad. Um, the worst part probably was the fact that we were supposed to be rooting for the the king and queen of of Moon Moon Planet, but like the way that they rule their people is really bad. Like if you don't have superpowers, they basically put you into the mines to work as a slave. And the bad guy is like, hey, guys, uh, you don't have to. Let's go to Earth. And everyone's like, no, we got to stay on the moon. Wait, we, so the bad guys the are the good and guys? Like, no, but that's no, what... that's not supposed to be. You're supposed to be rooting for Black Bolt and Medusa and all of them. But like the way that they rule the planet, the way the, they rule the moon is that like they're going to throw people. It's like a terrible like casteism so, caste so, system. They just throw people in the fucking mines. So the villain is supposed to be the revolutionary who's trying to like bring his people out of the, the, the lowest caste and go to Earth. But, that, but then the royal family. Okay. Yeah, because he doesn't have any superpowers. That guy doesn't have any superpowers. He's he's Black Bolt's brother, and he's just like he wants to take over. He wants to rule the Inhumans, but he's just like well, I'm gonna do it because he's he's a villain, right? But, but he's just like but that's what I'm saying. So the series is basically like, but you're supposed to be there's the villain and the hero, and you're supposed to obviously vote for the hero. But the way that they wrote it was that the villain is who you're rooting for. 
Yeah, the thing is that there's there's no sympathetic sympathetic qualities to Black Bolt or Medusa or any of the main Inhumans because they're royals, they're royalty, right? They rule over the moon and all the people on the moon, and they get sent to Earth, and you're supposed to be like, oh, we got it. We hope they get back to the moon. Question, Stan. So when when we landed on the moon (laughs) in like Apollo Eleven, how did we not find out the the? Because it's like a like a stealth field or something, and then like they have this big dude well, named Gorgon or whatever. And he just beats up the wait, moon rovers. Wait, is this, a, so, is this and he is, steals is them? Actually, are you making this up? So is, they don't this is actually never... on the team. Oh no! That's what happens oh, in the beginning. They're exploring the moon with a moon rover, and then just like somebody oh, just beats the fuck out of the thing, and they were just like, "What happened? We don't know." And then. And then you see him coming in, holding the moon rover, and he just throws it on a pile of other broken. Uh, moon okay, rovers. so why does that? Why does that sound like the initial trailer to uh to Transformers? Uh, it does. It, where the moon rover like sees Optimus Prime. Oh, I mean, and the sound! Wow. It's really bad. It's terrible, and the hair effects are like garbage, and they basically. The most expensive parts of those shows was Lockjaw, the big dog, and Medusa's hair. And in the first episode, they take Lockjaw prisoner and wait, then they shave wait, off so, Medusa's so they hair. Natalie so they don't have to worry about the budget oh. anymore. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, she's bald, and and she's like, "Oh, my powers are gone. I'm I'm in Hawaii but, now." Wait, and Lockjaw wait, just gets wait, locked. Wait, Lockjaw's oh. powers like is he just a giant dog? Does, doesn't he have like some? <laughs> wait. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's his power. He can tell. He can teleport. He's he's the one that gets all the Inhumans to Earth, but then he teleports back to the moon. And then one of the other bad Inhumans has like a magic cloud power that like negates people's superpowers. And then Lockjaw fell over, uh, and, <laughs> and they put him is. away. <laughs> Inhumans. Uh, and and uh, it was real and, bad. And that's just the TV show. We haven't even gotten the to the comics. The was bit terrible. Yet. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. yeah, yeah. I just I had to get that off my chest. That was real terrible. The Inhumans. I can't. Well, Stan, I Stan, can't before you start, before you start, right. is it worth it to hate watch on that note? Inhumans, or is it that that bad where I'll just get ulcers thinking about it? I virtu basically when it came on, I put it on in the background and was trying to do other things, but I couldn't do those other things because of how bad Inhumans was. I just like I can't do this errand right now because this is like terrible. Like I just I was just I was doing something and I kept having to sit down and watch this TV show and just be like, what the fuck is going on? There's like this whole bit where one of the dudes gets trapped on a beach and he's like talking to a bunch of surfers and the surfers are trying to give him his confidence back or something. Jesus and he's like inhuman. Christ. And there's this there's this one guy, his name is like Car- Karnak or Carmack or something like that, and he's supposed to be like a Drax type character, I think, where he like doesn't understand human behavior and, and stuff. So he's like sitting at dinner and then some like server woman comes up to him and he's just like I like you. And then but if I like you, that means we're going to we're going to have sex and then I won't like you tomorrow, so go away. <laughs> just like what? That's that's not even endearing in a little in a little way. At least it's terrible. At least Drax, real bad at least Drax did it in like a hilarious way with Mantis. Yeah, he did it. He's really funny, <laughs> but this guy is not. He's real not. And this show is real bad. No, nobody, nobody is cool. Nobody is good. Everybody's bad. 
Jeez. And awful. And the show's bad. All right. Anyway. On on that topic, Marvel Legacy number one came out. (laughs) (laughs) Marvel Legacy number one came out, right? This book is six dollars. This is terrible. It's terrible. (laughs) So it remember how cool DC Rebirth was and how we were all excited about it and like it brought back Wally West and everything was really cool and it set up all this cool shit that we were like really excited about that's finally paying off like two day, two years later with like Dr. Manhattan and the Doomsday Clock and all this stuff, right? Marvel Legacy is trying to do that same exact thing, but you can tell it's like a poor imitation of what that is. Like the entire book is essentially uh, done in like a narration of somebody talking about what legacy means or whatever. And you get all these, like, quick glimpses of different parts of the Marvel Universe and different characters or whatever. Um, and it just it just reads like a bad version of DC Rebirth because with Rebirth, it came out in a, in a way to sort of, like, fix the things that were bad about New 52, but also celebrate the things that were good about New 52. And, like, it was really optimistic and it set up a lot of cool stuff. And Marvel Legacy just seems to be, like, a way to fix things that aren't broken. Like, it's kind of weird that it's called Marvel Legacy because it's not really celebrating the legacy of all these characters. It's sort of like, in one of the early parts of the issue, you've got Captain America Sam Wilson, Ironheart Riri Williams, and Jane Foster Thor, and they're fighting together. And Sam Wilson says that that is going to be his last day as Captain America. He's going to quit tomorrow. And they're fighting together. And there's this whole sense of like, they're like, we're Avengers for now kind of thing. It's like Avengers assemble or whatever, but like, who knows what tomorrow is going to be about or whatever. So it's like it said, it's called legacy, but it feels more like they're trying to revert back to the original characters in every instance. And they're trying to like, make these characters that are currently holding those mantles be like, yeah, we're those guys right now, but the real good versions of us are the old original versions like Steve Rogers. So now it's like, instead of celebrating how cool it is that Sam Wilson is Captain America. Now we've got Steve Rogers is the only Captain America. And he was just Hydra (laughs) like last week. And the a good part of this issue also stars Robbie Reyes, um, Ghost Rider, right? And he's wakes up in Africa, even though he was like in America sleeping in his car. And and there's like this cool fight scene. Um, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Like, what are they going to set up for Ghost Rider? And then you see Spirits of Vengeance number one starring Johnny Blaze. What? Where did he go? What did they do with him? Anyway, um, it based it's it sets up a lot of the stuff that's gonna happen in Marvel Legacy, which is like all the their next era arc, big huge thing of all the comics now. That's like the next status quo, whatever. And it just it's just really cynical, and it, I. You read it and it's like supposed to like be all hopeful and whatever, but like the meta, the meta reading of it is that they're just trying to be apologists for whoever 
is upset that all these new characters are all the heroes instead of like the the original heroes. And I, it, it just feels like that they're setting up like a way to go backwards. And it's not legacy in the sense that these characters have a mantle that gets passed down and it means something. It, it's more like legacy in the fact that these current heroes are looking back at the legacy and realizing that it's the best where it started. I don't know. That's just it just that's how it reads to me. It's not great at all. When you think about legacy with DC, right? You get Robin. There's like fucking 10 Robins, right? It's a progressive like thing. You have Tim um Tim Drake is Robin right now, right? Or no? No, Damian Wayne's Robin right now. And you never expect Dick Grayson to be Robin anymore, right? It's just that that would be weird. Right? So but when you do it with uh, Marvel, so Marvel, I don't know. I, I get what I'm you're rambling. saying. So Marvel this is, legacy this is, not is basically good. like <laughs> as if um, Damien was like, "Damn, Dick was the best Robin. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him that crown back." More or less. Yeah, more or less, and it it actually gets continued in Marvel Generations. Spidey, the Spideys, Miles and Peter. Because the whole issue takes place uh, right after that super popular comic where Peter basically is covered, like he he's trapped under under a building and he lifts it up or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? So it's like that night, and Miles is there. He he comes back in time, and they're kind of sitting in Peter's room, and there's like this whole shenanigans of how they first how they meet in the past, and that's all weird or whatever. But they're sitting in the in the room, and Peter's like crying about Aunt May in the hospital because when the fuck is she not in the hospital? And then like you know how hard his life is, and like how his suit's still wet from moments of drowning or whatever. And Miles is like sitting there, and he's like trying to like lift Peter up, and he's like kind of thinking to himself, and he's just like. He's like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man, and, and I made it mine, but it was always Peter's, and Peter made it personal, and, like, it just has this whole effect of, like, almost as if they're putting words in these characters' mouths to, to say that the original is better, and that they're just kind of, like, borrowing it. So it doesn't it doesn't seem like... Essentially, it's like they missed the boat on what legacy is supposed to mean, and they, I feel like they just picked the name out of the <laughs> dictionary because it sounded cool. Because it doesn't feel like they're honoring any legacies. It's like you can have multiple iterations of the same character. I mean, you have Barry Allen and Wally West. Like, they're both the Flash right now in DC, you know? And then you have, like, ten different Flashes. And you've got... Anyway. It's not good. I... <laughs> I don't I like where they're going. I don't like where they're going any of this. Marvel, for comic books, should do what DC is doing for movies and not give a shit about trying to compete and keep up with DC Comics. DC Comics is kicking their ass right now. Um but but stick to what's good. Don't don't reboot just because fucking DC decided to reboot. DC has a plan for it. If you have a plan for it, okay, execute it. Whatever, but don't don't fucking reboot all of the comics I've been collecting. And, and like, fuck up storylines like that, for instance, um, where I've now grown adapted to Sam Wilson as Captain America, and now Sam Wilson's like, yeah, but I won't be as good as Steve Rogers. Fuck that! Yeah, and obviously it's gonna be, like, a case where 
Sam Wilson's not going to be Captain America forever. He probably should be, but like just the way the whole legacy book read was more or less like it read as an apology for like a thing that didn't need to be apologized for. It's almost like they're like, we're sorry. We put all these characters in these roles. We're going to like work to move backwards and get the originals back where they are. And in some cases where they are really popular, we'll keep them where they are. Like, I think Laura's still going to be Wolverine, even though spoiler alert, regular man logan came back in in marvel legacy he's alive again yeah stan please explain this to me like i just i was like it's been three years since uh logan wolverine died and now he's back and i'm upset because i really i'm really really attached to laura and as the new wolverine and i don't there's no you don't we 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 didn't know we don't need logan because there's plenty of other spin-off logan or spin-off Wolverine stuff. You have, you have uh, Laura. You have his his biological son. What's his name? Um, Dakin. Dakin. Yeah. And then you have Old Man Logan, and then I think there's one more besides regular Logan. I don't re- I don't remember at the moment, but yeah, it's just like they have Old Man Logan here already, and now they have regular Man Logan, and now they have they have Laura, and I don't I don't think I think in some cases they might have this thing where they're going to be coexisting. Like I can't see them getting rid of Miles because it's not like Miles has any other um, superhero identity. Like Laura could always go back to X twenty three, I guess. Even that would be really dumb. Um, Sam Wilson could go back to being the Falcon. In fact, I think that's what exactly what he's doing right now. They're going to be killing Jane Foster Thor soon, and then Otis Odinson Thor. No! Odinson Thor is going to no! be Thor again after that. No, um, Jane Foster Thor, come back. Um, I just I don't know what the, like I didn't I wasn't excited when Wally West came back to DC Rebirth. That was fucking exciting. That was like crazy, and that was very emotional to read. That this just feels like. He just shows up in a beer truck. He literally steps out of a beer truck and, like, takes an infinity stone. And he's like, we've been through a lot, huh, buddy? It's like, I don't care about that story. (laughs) I don't care about Wolverine and his stupid infinity stone. Who cares? Not me. It just, all that felt like to me was that they were, like, trying to shoehorn a Wolverine in a place where we didn't need a Wolverine. You know, we have Laura. Like you said, Chris, we have Laura. We have Gabby, which is... Laura's clone. We have John. That's right. We have, That's we right. have Jonathan, the actual Wolverine, who can talk now, as of the most recent arc of uh, All New Wolverine. Rocket Raccoon put like a voice box in, in <laughs> Jonathan so he could talk now. Um, <laughs> Dakin and Old Man Wolverine, and so we don't need another one. Especially, I we just he doesn't need to be there. It's redundant, and the fact that it's redundant makes me think that they're not going to get rid of Logan. They're going to get rid of Laura or whoever. And I've been buying all new Wolverine since issue one, and I'm collecting that series until it's like gone. Like I don't care. Like I'm ride or die with Laura right now. She's like my favorite Marvel character right now. Um, but yeah, I don't. It doesn't look good for me. For somebody who likes all the changes that they were making and all the ways that they were moving the narrative forward in that respect, reading this made it seem like we're going under. We're going backwards. We didn't need to go in that direction. It just it just feels like a step backwards. Whereas DC Rebirth seemed like a step forward and a, uh, like a way to and repair the way that you're that explaining kind of it. Like it sounds off. like uh, Marvel Legacy is basically making me regret that I wasted. A year of my life, or like almost two years of my life, um, getting familiarized with these storylines, and to basically just be like, "JK, I erased it." 
Yeah, well, they're not erasing it, but like they're just stopping. All well, the but, characters, the, you but know? that's Sam what Wilson I mean. In is, a sense, they're still Cap- gonna, Captain America, still gonna but be, like erased because once, uh, once um, Steve Rogers comes back as Captain America, it's not like they're gonna tie into any events that like Sam Wilson went through. That's true. Yeah, I. I don't know. It's just, it's dumb. There's, like I said, there's a way to have these characters coexist. You don't need to just go around, like, chopping off, like, all these characters and bringing it back. Like, who the fuck cares that Eddie Brock's Venom, right? Like, who cares? Yeah, Ve- Venom is, Venomverse is still going on, and I I mean, I just, I don't know, I just lost interest. Well, the minute, like, oh, the minute Flash Thompson and, lost the Venom you know, suit it's, it's, and Eddie Brock got it back, I was like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, yeah. I, it was Flash cool. Thompson. It was a really good Venom. And, and like, he's like a, he's a like good Stan guy. And, and he's a super and cool. Awesome. Episode, um, Eddie Brock like went through this amazing transformation, and in one issue, they basically just like reset him. Yeah, basically, I, they just like I, cut I, back all this like character development for in, in service of getting him the Venom suit, which he shouldn't have. So, frankly, look the the common thread I'm seeing with all these criticisms is like Marvel's just trying to return to a status quo, and it's like, well, you you made a new status quo in the last I don't know, like three or two or three years of comics, and I think you should trust you know trust what you wrote, trust what what's really being well received, and you know cut the fat and try different things, but don't sacrifice everything. Like, don't just kick out Laura. Uh, for the sake of bringing back old, uh, like regular Logan, because uh, for me, like I, like Jane Foster Thor is really awesome. I I don't really find it interesting that the OG Thor is gonna be Thor again. So, and I think Thor is more interesting as unworthy, and like he's unworthy right now. He's like doing all this shit that he wasn't doing as Thor because he's unworthy, right? And it's just I don't know. Also, wanted it's to let it be known that Flash silly, Thompson was doing an amazing job as Venom. Because he was a goddamn guardian of the fucking galaxy. And a space cop. Was. Oh, it's so good. Um, Yeah, it just, it feels like what Marvels is, is doing is that they're spiting long, long-term readers who jumped on board in recent years with all the cool, exciting changes in order to appeal to, like, a more casual reader who would, like, probably pop into the comic book shop after seeing the new... Thor Ragnarok and being like, why isn't Thor well, kind of why is there like a different the same Thor? Thing you know, like War that came out and they were like, by the way, Civil War three, or or two, Civil War two, two, not three. Yeah, two. Yeah, like that's that's basically what they're doing. They're just trying to appeal to a more casual audience. But the thing is that they're not going to stick around and collect books week after week after week, month after month, because they're not, they're not long-term readers. Do you think I would be collecting random ass Wolverine comic book? No, like I collecting all new Wolverine. When that ends, I'm not picking up another Wolverine book. I don't care. I'll watch (laughs) the movies, (laughs) like whatever. Like, I don't want to, I'm not following Logan. I don't care about Logan. I care about Laura. I care more about old man Logan because that's kind of interesting, but anyway. Those were those two books. They weren't particularly great. Um, Generations was a little bit better, but I really don't like the direction they're going with any of their messaging. I think it's just off. You know, like, are are they going to completely have Miles retire because he thinks Peter is the original and, like, he should be the one and only Spider-Man? I don't know. I guess we'll see. Um, 
Infamous Iron Man number 12 ended. The series <laughs> is over. It was really bad. Well, you never have to spend money on it ever again, Stan. That's the, one of the silver linings. I Remember how the I was like the only silver lining about um, issue eleven was that they were setting up this really cool Mephisto, Doctor Strange, Doctor Doom fight. Well, it starts like they're about to have this big blowout, right? And it's like, oh, this is super cool. And then you get freeze frame, oh. and then and then you have Mephisto, like fucking Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell, talking to the reader for several pages. Explaining his motivations to the reader <laughs> about so, why he's doing this. <laughs> so this is a standard shonen fight, and then in the middle of the fight, they go into a flashback. <laughs> no. It's so not even a flashback. It- literally pause, literally pauses, and Mephisto turns to the camera and he's like, Ain't Doctor Doom an asshole? And he's like talking about this for like three pages, and like this is why I did this, and this is his mom's not real. I actually <laughs> made her up to like fuck with him. And then he's like, "Well, anyway, I gotta go because this battle is ending in one second. And then they go back to regular time, and Doctor Doom like banishes Mephisto in like another page. So it's not even a real battle. Oh. Just, <laughs> he's just done. Yo, they they so, they teased you so hard, and they left you out in the cold. I'm so sorry, Stan. Any idea that this was a planned maxi series that was supposed to only be twelve issues is like a complete lie. Especially after reading this, they would not have done that. They wouldn't have done three pages of Mephisto explaining his plot to the reader only, you know, and then having the battle end in within the first five pages so they can like set up. Uh, what are they setting up? Sorry, it says on the very last page. Is it another Do- crossover? It says, Doom will return in Invincible Iron Man number 593, and it gives us an ad for the comic book that's going to come out starring Tony Stark as Iron Man again. (laughs) Marvel Legacy, folks. That's what you're getting. The only interesting thing is that Doctor Doom might or may not be a father. He might be a poppy at some point. I but, guess we'll see. Papa but that's Doom. it. Like, Again, it, I feel like Doctor Doom book. made so much progress to become this, like, almost hero, and Marvel Legacy is probably going to just throw him as a villain again. Well, actually, the one good thing about this is that Marvel 2-in-1 is, is starting in December. It's written by Chip Zarsky, and it's going to team up Human Torch and The Thing, and they're going to start looking for Reed and Sue Richards. And it's also going to have Doctor Doom in it, but he's still going to be, um, like, on the side of good, it seems. Like, he's not, he's not, he's still, like, on this path of redemption, I think. He's just not starring in his own book, and I don't think he's going to be Iron Man anymore. So, I, they're not reverting the character, but they are, like, they just basically <laughs> dumped him on the street at, at the end of, it's like, Issue 12 was, like, 11 a.m., like, at his hotel stay, and they were like, you gotta check out Doom. You're done. You can't, you don't gotta go home, but you can't stay here. They just, like, gave him the boot. Now he doesn't have his own series anymore. He's, like, bumming on Marvel 2 and 1 in December. And apparently, Invincible Iron Man, which I don't think I'm gonna well, read. Well, if I were I don't, you, I'd I don't pick really up just Tony Stark. the first issue. <clears throat> yeah, Just because I, I wanna... Whatever. I would want to know what happens to Doom, or read it. Just, just go to um, go to your local comic shop and pick up the issue and like read it until Doom's not in it anymore, and then put it back down. 
Yeah. Sorry to be so long winded. It was just like these three really big books came out last week. And I feel like I, it was almost my responsibility to talk about it on the show because Iron Man is now done. Marvel Legacy was like the big thing. Want, want. Um, other than that, it turns out Jor-El survived the explosion of Krypton because of Dr. Manhattan, and now he's really angry, oh, and he's now fuck. the villain of Superman right now. Sort of. Don't know Don't know what's going on right now, but he's Mr. Oz. He was Mr. Oz all along, the big secret villain that was like stalking Superman since DC Rebirth. So turned out it was Jor-El, and instead of dying with Krypton, Dr. Manhattan like snapped his fingers and like covered him like in this blue energy and like forced him to go to Earth, and he ended up really in a bad part of earth where everything was really shitty and he ended up resenting humanity and now he's trying to convince clark to like abandon his mission of hope and because he was like i was wrong everybody sucks (laughs) on planet earth let's leave let's peace out (laughs) and that's where we're at right now in action comics which is really good it's good at least something that's good right now to be read i mean i guess that's that's what superman stands for hope right so, and it gave you hope. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting, though, that his father, the whole point and reason that he's on Earth, the whole source of everything is sort of telling him that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing anymore because everybody sucks on planet Earth and that he was wrong. So it's like going to be interesting to see how Superman handles that because he always reverts back to like his mom and his pop on Krypton and how they like had these hopes for him or whatever. And so... I'm interested to see. He, he might be like, you know what? Fuck you, Jor-El. I'm going to listen to Pa Kent on this one. I can't see Superman turning his back on humanity. We'll and No, of course not. But it's And be if he does, see. I feel like Batman will be there to whoop his ass. Yeah, he'd, br- he'd bring him back to Earth. Um, yeah. Scarlet Spider was also good, but I'm not going to talk about that too much. It just, it's going it in a good direction. Yeah, they're definitely turning it around in a good way, so it's good. They also they finally um, jumped to the point beyond Secret Empire, so now we're in the present with this because the whole the book takes place in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas was destroyed in Secret Empire, and so. Um, I don't think they told the writers of Scarlet Spider that this was going to happen because they, they've been setting the whole book in, into Las Vegas. But then in this most recent issue, the first page has them, um, has uh, Ben Riley and Kane talking in Las Vegas. And it says before Secret Empire. And then you turn the page and it goes after Secret Empire and Las Vegas is destroyed. And now it's like a post-apocalyptic city that like Ben Riley is like running around in trying to like save people. and shit. Awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. That was it. That was the books that I read. <laughs> Most of them were garbage. And and don't I'm and so don't sorry. watch Inhumans. I don't know, no, but you, I'm, no, so, I'm but sorry you, that you was gotta, so long. You gotta, I'm like I'm like you know, exhausted. You it's all good. It's all good. <laughs> yeah. From this point on I think it'll be a lot lighter and like a lot breezier in terms of like what I'm reading because <laughs> well, yeah. Stan, do you feel better after after uh, after ranting? Yes, you can, and you've spared <sighs> our listeners uh, a, a terrible fate from from pos- potentially reading, you know, like, Invincible Iron Man, or, or you know, 
Yeah, I just I told everybody listening, like, or someone who did read it and was angry about it gets to hear your hatred and ranting towards it. it. Yeah. I don't want to rant or be angry about comic books. I mean, when but you get invested man. 12 issues in and they're basically just like bullshit and ending. Yeah, and, and Legacy was like them basically bullshitting the past yeah, three like, years of continuity. It's going to piss people off. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> that was my topic. For sure. Comic Smackdown. Um, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna cut this out. But do you want to? Since since it's still relevant to comics, do you want to go into pools, or do you want to go to Andy to break it up a bit and then go into a couple of pools and news? Um, anime. Well, I just want to talk a little bit about anime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. I need. I need to, to like west. Cool. To rest uh, my well, wind thank you, Stan, for, for that anyway. passionate, passionate <laughs> comics review. Uh, Andy, what do you have for us today or this week? So, uh, for this week, I wanted to talk a little bit about Dragon Ball Super and. Oh Hero yeah. Here at Academia. So, Stan, are you you caught up to Dragon Ball Super? Okay. I'm not caught are up. You I don't pers- care about spoilers. Yeah, I'm you caught know, up. It's all good. Alright, well... I, I specifically wanted to talk about Dragon Ball Super just because um, next Saturday, we or this Saturday coming up, um, we're actually getting an hour-long Dragon Ball Super. And it is going to debut the new transformation of Goku. So the Ascended, is that the one with the weird eyes? Or is that something? Silver eyes, The silver eyes. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. As yet unnamed. Uh, Yeah, it's still unnamed. It's still speculation on how Goku acquires this. Um, This is the... First time I want to say that Dragon Ball has like given us a little something and like not given us anything towards it at all. So, I mean, good job to them because it's like we knew we knew it was there, but we just didn't know. Like we we don't know shit else except like that one picture of Goku we have. Um. Do you think Goku is like tapping into what Gohan is tapping into when he turns like mystic um, or whatever the fuck? From what I or do you seen, think it's like another I god think, form? Um, from what I've been reading, people are heavily speculating that. Um, all right, so this is all coming based off of what Khalif's, uh was it Khalif? No, what Vegeta said about Kale. How Kale's transformation is like the true Super Saiyan. So, um, I think Goku's gonna mm-hmm. somehow tap into that potential. So, like, he's gonna become a true Super Saiyan. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the difference between the true Super Saiyan and, I guess, this half ass Goku Vegeta Super Saiyan is, but. And what about Super Saiyan 4? How does that factor in? And Super Saiyan God, I don't know, there's like three, di- it's like a choose-your-own-adventure of, like, transformations. Like, do you want to go down this path, or do you want to go down the God path, or you want to go on the legendary path, or you want to go on the the monkey path? 
I'm gonna assume that this form is stronger than Super Saiyan Four. Uh, Super Saiyan Blue. It's yeah, it's gotta be. Yeah, and um, I know last week's episode left off. Um, we got a cliffhanger of Goku about to fight um this chick uh Ribriana. And the coming attractions was Goku fighting Jiren. So, I don't know what the fuck's going on there. And uh, the episode title had Spirit Bomb in it, so Goku's gonna hit Jiren with a Spirit Bomb? I don't know what the fuck's happening. It's like a pay- it's Goku, a pay-per-view. And Goku gets his other transformation. Like, this is apparently... This episode is supposed to be the peak of this tournament arc. Yeah, it's an hour long, so it's gonna, it's like movie length. So it's, it's some some shit better be going down. I just don't want like thirty minutes of bullshit and then like fifteen minutes of like Goku kicking ass. I I just want it to like all be amazing. Yeah. What do you think about Frost getting like fucking eliminated from a life? Last fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck that guy. I did like how Frieza like got real buff and then like punched him away though. I thought that was pretty cool. I love the fact that Frieza kind of like showed that he respected Gohan. Yeah. And it was like interesting. And I know Gohan, uh Chris, you didn't see the episode, but so basically, um Frieza fights Gohan and Gohan gets his ass beat. And then Frost is like, yeah, we're going to take out, like, Universe 7. And then Frieza basically does what um, Goku did with uh, Kale in an earlier episode. Where Goku showed Kale, uh, Kale how to go Super Saiyan 2. And he showed her Super Saiyan 3. So basically Frieza did the same thing with Frost. And Frieza was like, I'm going to teach you something else. Don't trust others. And, like, knocked them off the stage. And from the sidelines, Frost was going to, like, kill Frieza. And he got erased. By from existence. Like, oh, man. Like, you don't attack from the sidelines. And he's just fucking gone. He's just wow. Yeah. That's that's metal as fuck. I, I, I know I didn't see the episode, but I saw a lot of memes like Frieza like being like a super jerk and a badass at the same time. So that's probably what you're referring to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Frieza basically explained that like, well, Gohan explained that like he noticed Frieza was pulling back punches. So he just decided to play along with Frieza and like try to go with Frieza's plan. And then... uh. Towards the end, Frieza, I forget what exactly Frieza said to Gohan, but it was like, it was kind of like, you see Frieza kind of, kind of like working as a team with Gohan. Yeah, but that's it's a it was super, just a really, that's an interesting dynamic. I really yeah, like that. Yeah. That's really it cool. It was, it was really cool because of like, their like unspoken idea that they were going to play, like play fight, but not really make it look real basically for Frost. So Frost would get tricked into thinking that Frieza and was like, still on his side. And like to make it look even yeah, and to look at it, make it look even more real, Gohan went Mystic and Frieza went Golden. Mm, so they both yeah. like fake fall at full power. Oh, that's so yeah, good. and then Gohan got knocked out. And there's there's really cool understanding between the two of them. But there, but you know, Frieza being Frieza, he still left the seed planted that he might betray them later because the the thought would be that 
Frieza wants Universe 7 to win, but he wants to be the only one left standing from the universe so that he can make the wish with the Super Dragon Balls himself. So basically, it's like he's definitely going to make sure that Universe 7 wins, but he might fuck everyone over in the end and like wish for immortality or some crazy shit like that with the Super Dragon Balls. So they're like working with him, but they're wary about where it's going to end up at the end of the tournament, which is cool. The only problem with him wishing for immortality is he's already dead. That's true. But maybe that'll like bring him back. The Super Dragon Balls are like way more powerful than Earth Dragon Ball, so he can probably make anything happen. That's true. So I'm I'm excited to see this new episode and to see more of the dynamic of Frieza like working. I want to see Frieza and Vegeta like get forced to team up because that would be crazy. Because Vegeta—that's what I really want to see. V- Vegeta used to work for Frieza. Like Frieza used to be Vegeta's boss. So I want to see like that dynamic. You know. I mean, Frieza also killed like. No. His entire race and family. <laughs> that too. So it's going to be really hard for Frieza uh, to work. But she was like, together. I forgave you. We, 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 we're good. <laughs> Just don't kill my new family. Yeah. So is Vegeta Don Toretto now? Is he Vin Diesel? <laughs> family. Punches him out. If his, if his hair recedes anymore, he will be. Oh, so. uh, yeah. That widow's peak. I feel, like, I feel like the only people we haven't really seen much of is like Vegeta, Piccolo... They're, they're the only two that's been, like, MIA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All the bald people are knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> well, not not if you count Piccolo and Frieza as bald. I mean, they ha- they don't have hair in general, so... It's true. Can you be considered but... bald if your race does not grow hair? Yeah, well, I mean, they're not, they're not mammals. I mean... Um, I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Technically, it doesn't have any hair, so you could say that bald is the absence of hair, but then bald is the opposition of having. Anyway, that's that's dumb. <laughs> Let's just move on. That we'll, we'll save the 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 hairstyle episode for another for another installment. Of Dragon Chat coming to you soon. Yeah. It'll be great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Andy, I'm really curious what uh, on your thoughts on My Hero Academia because uh, this weekend season two wrapped up. Ugh, so fucking good. Mm-hmm. Oh, if you're gonna do spoilers, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a, my ears out because are you gonna do spoilers? Um, not really. Nah. I'm like three episodes into the season one. Oh, you're so oh god, Stan! Please binge it. So good. <sighs> All right, I think anything I'm gonna say is a spoiler then. <laughs> Uh, it's, uh, season two is really good. Season three is on its way. That's all you need to know. Oh, <laughs> uh, he already took out the headphones. Oh, okay. But, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm gonna keep this brief just so that we could get stand back. Okay. Season two wrapped up. Um, we got to see like the League of Villains get stronger, which is fucking awesome. Yeah, we got. We um, actually got to see Tomura's face because we'd never seen it before, or at least in the. And yeah. I remember hearing about the infamous chapter where they showed Tomura's face and how it was like extremely detailed, and I was like, I wonder how they're gonna an- uh, animate that. Mm-hmm. And they animated it really well, and he looked extremely creepy, and I loved yeah. it. Um, he's one of my favorite things about my hero. He he's so 
He's so creepy, and now he's just even more deadly because, you know, he's he he had he had um he had the means, he had the motive, but he didn't have like the heart behind his mission. And now he now he's like, oh yes, I have renewed vigor and I have conviction. And now he's now he he he's gonna be like twice as dangerous as before. And now we kind of get a little more of an idea of how his quirk works, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um. I had no idea that he had to have all five fingers. Yeah, me too. I thought it was just like straight up touch contact and then you return the dust. Yeah, that's why when, when I saw him put like grip Deku's throat, I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. And then I noticed that he kept like one finger off and I was like, yeah. And like, is that how his core Yeah, works? And like that entire interaction where he's just like, oh yeah, just pretend that I'm your friend. And he's just, they're just walking around the mall and sitting together and he's like, oh, and it's just so creepy. I love it. Man, yeah, man. he is a really creepy, and I want to know what his his beef with All Might is. Well, I mean, I want he, he's I want a little more like there's something there, there's something personal mm-hmm. on driving him to like hate All Might, and the same thing with Hero Killer. Mm-hmm. Stain they gave Stain no motive on why he hates All Might. Mm-hmm. So well, I think I think maybe well, well, Hero Killer he he just hates the fact that there are all these like heroes, quote unquote, and they but they're it doesn't they don't adhere to his platonic interpretation of what a hero should be, and like the ultimate symbol of what a hero should be is the symbol of peace, other than All Might, and like um, that's like. You know, it's like similar to like Bakugo and the, the the wall he wants to climb up to or has to surpass to be number one. Like, like in a way, Hero Killer, Hero Killer's number one is All Might, and he stands, he stands like is like the ultimate challenge, um, or ultimate aspect of his his philosophy. Uh, in terms of Tomura, I don't. Uh, I mean, I I haven't caught up completely with the manga. Um, I mean, it's already, it's already been teased in the anime that, um, he's clearly been indoctrinated by, uh, the master or the, the guy who possesses all for one. Um, but I don't know if, if it's just like, uh, him just being super brainwashed or just super socialized from, uh, the start to just hate All Might, what he stands for, or maybe, or like you said, maybe it's like a personal grudge or beef, um, um, I think at the very least it might be a combination of both. Uh, but it's really interesting. That yeah. It's something we're that's definitely going to be developed more in season three. Um, because we we got the a lot of seeds planted for season three. We got like the new villains, or and the, the the League of Villains is growing up. Um, and then Tomra getting like newfound conviction, and that the one scene at the end where all for once like, oh yes, yeah, he's grown, and 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 like. And then that cryptic line where it's like, I'll make him the next me. It's like, holy shit, no, that's crazy. And then there's also that other line where um where where All Might's talking to the police officer, and the police officer tells All Might, um, we'll catch him this time the correct yeah. way. So and it's, it's like, like oh, wait, are you So they caught him before, mm. like I'm so very the, confused on they, that. They line. they caught him before, and, but I, I guess they thought that they destroyed all for one or like, or he was broken beyond repair. Um, and, and then all for one just managed to survive through like internal or external help or support. 
And now he's on the move again. And to me, that that ending seems very, very ominous. Like it, to me, it seemed like All Might is is uh, he's. I don't know. Maybe this is too out of character. But it, for me, when I was watching that scene, it seemed like the two of them were they're going to straight up decide to like kill one for all, like just for good. That's that's yeah. what I got yeah. from it. Because like, he's he's like he's um, too dangerous to let live. Because um, he'll just like resurface, or he'll just do what he does again you know just survive and recoup his power uh, i can't wait for season three it's gonna yeah. be really good and it's i just want to say random as hell but um the more bakugo is in the same room as deku uh the more butthurt yeah. he becomes <laughs> he's, he's literally foaming <laughs> at the mouth all the time it's it's crazy it's it's, it's like it's like if I don't know. You just you, I remind. It's I'm really curious. I, again, I don't. I haven't caught up with the manga, so I'm not quite sure if Bakugo and Deku have a healthier relationship. Like, like right now, it, it seems more of like define like, healthy. Okay, it seems like it's. <laughs> it seems like right now it's like a very Naruto kind of situation where like Naruto and Sasuke are rivals, except like. Bakugo is a lot more unhinged, I think, than Sasuke. Uh, but like way later on in the future, when you know they've grown up, you know they they're on cordial terms or they they admit to each other that they're friends. I don't but, know, man. But Bakugo is here. Nah, I think Bakugo Bakugo is just that guy that's like Deku. You suck. I don't care. Fuck you. I'm better. <laughs> yeah, ba- and basically. Like- <laughs> and like I'm I'm I don't even know if it's right to call him an anti-hero because I feel like he's like an anti-villain. <laughs> if that makes sense. I <laughs> <laughs> I get what you mean. Um and I thought that the entirety of like season 1 and season 2 were building up to Bakugo becoming like Deku's ultimate yeah. villain. But based on like the episode where they fought All Might, um, I got, like, the sense of, like, oh, like, I can understand where Bakugo's coming from now and what he's striving to become. Like, I get it now. And, uh, his his strive makes more sense to me now than it did, like, two weeks ago. there was a little bit of hope, and, like, he really begrudgingly, but still somewhat teamed up and had some positive teamwork with Deku but at the same time he's like he's like by enemies necessary so he's like blasting and like breaking his own arms and like breaking the bones in his body and like uh it's uh Bakugo he's just like he's just he's such a complex and multi he's just like a very he's full of death and I, I love that about Bakugo I mean his attitude is just yeah one to be desired but like I'm really curious to see how the uh, the friend like the friendship or rivalry or whatever relationship you're gonna call between Deku and Bakugo develops, especially with like, you know, like season three obviously is gonna focus on the League of Villains and, um, you know, it's gonna you know it's the Deku is a, a guy who, you know, grows underneath stress and pa- and conflict and pressure and, you know, well is Bakugo gonna fall behind, or is Bakugo just gonna be like even more pissed off, or maybe he turns to the dark side? Who knows? I'm excited. Listen, all I know is we've only seen Deku reach about fifteen yeah. percent power, and that's mm-hmm. terrifying. 
Oh, I want to see what his like hundred percent power. It's gonna be looks awesome! Like. I'm excited. Uh, I mean, he's definitely stronger than All Might because that's how his mm-hmm. quirk works. Mm-hmm. Um, so in the end, he's going to be stronger than All Might. Mm-hmm. But and like, he's also he's also already All Might. All Might threw one punch and destroyed yeah, with, a city. With uh, that's when he's like depowered and weakened, and also wearing gauntlets. Like that's crazy. Yeah, like, and it's really interesting because, um, like I, I, I think one for all like manifests in, in slightly different ways. Like from what we saw with All Might, like he has like crazy strength and and crazy like super height or heightened like physical abilities and like endurance. And um, Deku Deku's using it as like he's like using the power as like an energy amplifier armor kind of thing. Like like it's like. It's I don't know. It's really really cool and really interesting. I want to see what other uh, what other creative ways Deku like utilizes his power because like I think the one thing that Deku has over All Might like he's super analytical and super creative and like he like and like he's yeah. like, he, he's like super empathic. So he, he like he takes bits and pieces from other things that he observes and makes it his own. And um. I think that's like that makes him like a, still a very kind of different hero than All Might. Honestly, I feel I feel like um, he wouldn't be that way if he didn't grow mm-hmm. up quirkless. Mm-hmm. Like if he grew up with a quirk, he wouldn't have to analyze everyone like that. He would just have to know how to use his quirk and how the other person uses their quirk or like exactly. what their quirk is. But with no quirk. He had to work harder and learn the weak points and, like, how they use it and, like, what stance they take when they do certain things. And I feel like that makes him better. And, with the, all and that kind of mindset, you know, yeah. And that, I mean, that kind of mindset, all. that type of worth ethic, you know, it just pisses Bakugo off more because like for the longest like Bakugo just he's known him his entire life he's like you have no quirks and, and you're a wannabe Listen. and now Bakugo's like well, how the hell are you doing this you're, you're pulling a Goku on me and <laughs> I feel like I feel like if if Deku was walking in the street and and Deku found a dollar Bakugo would just be pissed off and start screaming about why he didn't find the dollar and why it wasn't yes. fair. <laughs> uh, Bakugo. Yeah. I hope he I hope he softens up. I hope he learns to chill because he's gonna die of high blood pressure. <laughs> oh, for sure. But uh yeah, so season three is or is gonna be or season two is really good. Season three, I we don't have a release date. But based on the release schedule or like the pacing of, of like one and two, um, unlike Attack on Titan, we didn't have to wait for four years. You know, we had for season one in 2016, and then you had season two, 2017. Um, I'm, I'm, so I'm feeling like 2018. spring 2018. That's that's right. Because because one that that gives them enough time to animate everything, and but also give the manga enough time to progress a bit, so they have additional material but at the same time um there's a lot of material there already and and if from a logical or i guess from a chronological uh reading standpoint um where they ended with season two in the manga and with 
season three. I they they have uh they I think they have plenty to work with. I think they can easily generate another twenty six twenty six episode series without having to worry about uh or or even to do just another mm-hmm. twelve episodes and like give us like a six month oh, break true, and then yeah, do another yeah, yeah. twelve. Um but I don't know if you know this, but the writer plans on ending the manga at uh, Oh really? 400. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah. So the the series okay. is about halfway. Um, I know they're also working or he's also working on the, the spin off manga. Um my Hero Academia Vigilantes, which is basically a bunch of like unsanctioned heroes and doing their thing. It's really, really cool. Uh, I think they're making that into an anime series. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You can tweet me at Keonich for Hire and Super Nerd Pals, but that's what I heard. And I know uh, Viz Media is already releasing the, the Vigilante spinoff manga already. So you can, jef- you can check it out right now. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. But yeah, My Hero, Dragon Ball Super. If you're not caught up to either of them, Catch up. Yeah. They're really fucking good. Um, so let's bring back Stan. Stan. Sup, Stan? Hi. Okay. <laughs> um, beep, 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 Breaking news. My SNES Classic shipped oh, just now. Oh, snap. <laughs> GG, well played. Which one, Walmart or Think Geek? Think Geek, you're awesome. I'm, I'm yeah, anticipating Wal- Walmart to just completely fail me, so... Uh, oh, yeah, uh, excellent! Nice. And um, so, stand your back. So, you let's talk about some comic book pools and news. Yeah, let's get let's the fuck go. out of here. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling. Keep so, stand. Uh, you and I share some really, really cool titles for our pools this week. Uh, we already talked about one, which is Batman and the Dawnbreaker, so the the Dark Multiverse Green Lantern and Origins. So that yeah. sounds badass. And uh, you shared this on our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. And I am so excited for this. It's called Batman White Knight number one. And um, it's basically about a reformed Joker um, calling himself Jack Napier and how he becomes Gotham's newest hero. And um, yeah. there's a specific article on... Um, the Nerdist, where, where there were teasing panels or a couple pages already, uh, where it's this is a Gotham, this is a world where Batman has gone too far. So like Batman is in Arkham Asylum, and like Jack Napier's the hero, and um, and like Jack Napier's asking Batman a favor while he's chained up in Arkham, and like the visuals of this and like the concept of it just sounds so freaking cool. Uh, it's uh, it's not, it's coming out. This Wednesday, it's being written by Sean Murphy, um, and the art is by um, oh well, Sean Murphy's doing script art and covers. Wow, he's doing everything. That's really cool. Um, and to me, this this is like I don't know. I feel like this is like DC Comics, like like bringing Elseworlds back into its toy box because this is like an alternate universe kind of thing. I think. Yeah they they started yeah, that with Nightwing. I was gonna uh, mention New that. Order. Uh, this year. Andy, did you read Nightwing: The New Order? It's basically like Nightwing in a fascist world, and he's hunting down metas. I actually haven't. I haven't picked up mm-hmm. comics since that came out. So uh, Nightwing kills all the heroes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm a little behind. You know, what? But I, yeah. like DC, Re- DC, you're just killing it on comics, like with Rebirth, and I just want more Elseworldly titles like this. This sounds amazing. I cannot. I'm so ridiculously pumped for. 
um, White Knight. Yeah, it looks interesting mm-hmm. for sure. Um, Motocrush number seven is coming out. It starts a new arc. Um, not sure what it is going to be about exactly, but uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm sure. The last issue was issue six was kind of like a, a flashback origin story. So this new issue is going to be in the present. So I'm excited to see where they're going with the storyline. Um, they took like a six month hiatus. So the first issue in like months was a couple weeks ago. So now it's like back, back on its groove. Um, Iron Fist number 73 is coming out. Um, I only I'm only really excited about this because they're bringing Sabretooth into it. Um, Sabretooth actually debuted in an issue of Iron Fist, so he's back again. Uh, but this time, Sabretooth is a good guy, I think. And so they're teaming up. Like Danny Rand has to like ask Sabretooth for help, and so it's like Danny Rand and Sabretooth are joining forces to to do something. So that's interesting. I, is this is this Victor Creed Sabretooth or another? Sabretooth? I think it's I think it's the original. It's the original Sabretooth. Okay. okay. So they're they're teaming up. And um, Spirits of Vengeance 1 also, Chris. I don't know if you care. <laughs> Johnny Blaze. Um, is Johnny Blaze teaming up with like two like unholy It's Johnny Blaze, people? Blade, and like two other guys teaming up and doing some okay. like spooky okay. shit, I think. I don't know. It's October. Right. I'm going to check it out <laughs> at least. Are they battling through hell? Because that's what it sounds like. I don't know. Okay. All I know is Blade's only, there. Only if Godzilla's there. I'm only all... if God. Yes, Godzilla has to be on that team. I'm only more interested in it because of Blade than Johnny Blaze. Because I'm not. I like Robbie Reyes. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was like. I was like. I was. Yeah, if Robbie Reyes was on, it was in there. I would jump on a heartbeat. But Johnny Blaze, like, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, Robbie I, Reyes. He's my all-time favorite. I have to see how it shakes Rider. out because Blade, yes. Johnny Blaze, eh. But that's that's my pulse. Not much this week. Does Blade have an ongoing? I no, he doesn't. I, he no. does it. I think it's just this. So is this gonna be like a launching point for Blade having his own series again? That'd be awesome. That'd be cool. Possibly. He's just he woke up from a real long nap and he's like, oh shit, I missed like ten <laughs> events. What? The, where have I been? And I've been hell with with these guys. All right, let's do it. I really want more than anything to know what the fuck Blade's been up to. Since Secret Wars, <laughs> Civil War Two, Secret Empire, like what has he been doing? Uh, I'm really curious. I'm gonna look up like the last Blade. What, bit have, of what Blade have you been doing, my guy? Where Where have you been, Blade? Oh, maybe maybe it's been it's been slow weeks for the vampires. The last time I heard about Blade, he was like fighting Triple H, and he was Wesley Snipes. That's the last time I heard Blade's <laughs> name. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, quote, during the Secret Empire storyline, Blade was shown to be have shown to be have trapped in Manhattan, which was isolated by a dark force dome. Due to the vampire attacks at the time, Blade takes advantage of this by killing every attacking vampire to protect the humans. So since Secret Empire, he hasn't been doing anything. <laughs> He's just taking what a was long he doing nap. Before that, though, um, he confronted Gwenpool. While hunting down a necromancer, oh, and Gwenpool is trying to kill him for some reason, or she was hired to. Um, before that, uh, he was assisting well, the X Men, trying to capture a vampire for the X Club. 
I just I googled where Blade been and I didn't get any results. So. Uh, uh, he was helping some superhuman black ops teams uh, funded by the government. Was it was it the Inhumans on the moon from the TV show? I wish. Because if so, that was really really bad. Uh, I don't know, Blade. Blade, just tweet at us. Where are you at? Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Blade appears in San Francisco to assist the X-Men in capturing a vampire specimen for the X-Club. He confirms Dracula's death and reveals that his son, Zarus, is the new lord of vampires. So, was that Dracula's son or Blade's son? Uh, <laughs> yes. I don't know. It's both their sons. Blade and Dracula had a love baby. <laughs> Hold on. Okay, no, Zarus is the son of Dracula. That's weird. I thought it was Alucard, or maybe that's only Castlevania. I think it's well, it's Ca- it's Castlevania. Okay. Yeah. And in Helsing, they're the same person. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! <It's- laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, I'm sorry. I spoiled it for you. I'm googling something else right now. Is Blade a daddy? <laughs> <laughs> is blade a dad oh wait wait blade why are you trying Bla- blade was trying to kill jubilee who is also a vampire now jubilee's so. a vampire yeah you didn't know that she's been a vampire she's a for a teacher. while she teaches no. gen x right now <laughs> and a vampire teaching them how to suck blood <laughs> properly uh, oh comics i love you you're just so you're so strange i love it So, so Stan, right, I gotta, played the father I gotta start not. getting. I'm looking to see if he's got any I have kids. To... Guys, I have to start going. All right. Oh shit! Okay, let's wrap, wrap this up. Yeah, we'll start wrapping. Yeah. Uh, Andy, you have any comics or pools? I actually have none. Oh, gasp! Uh, All right, I don't know. I don't know if Blade week. is daddy, but we're we're gonna find out like next week. I'm gonna find out. I gotta find out if Blade is daddy. All right. Well, this, stay tuned. Stay tuned. Fast. If you're listening to this and you know that the, if the that blade entire, is daddy, like... please please email us. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, cool. Uh, so just to wrap things up, a really super super short topic. Uh, you guys talked about your plans and your wants and your expectations for near Comic Con last week, which was really fun to listen to. Uh, for me, uh, like Stan, I'm really excited. Or well, well okay. Prefaces, I'm going to be working most of the time at New York Comic Con, but I'm going to point out some really cool things that I feel like you guys should check out. And as always, we're going to uh, we're gonna have our summit. We're all going to be together at some point during the weekend. And I'm really glad and really excited to see all the pals again in person again. Um, but uh, like Stan said before, the Adventure Zone, uh, they're doing a panel uh, during the weekend where they're going to talk more about uh, the Adventure Zone comic. Uh, I met Carrie Peach, the artist about it. She's a sweetheart. She's awesome. She's amazing. So um, definitely check it out. And I think for those who attend, you get like a special limited edition like uh, art card from Carrie's or from or or from the McElroy's. Um, I'm really excited to meet up with the artists or the artist team of uh, Luther Strode. Uh, so Justin Jordan, Tradmore, who still is one of my all-time favorite comic book artists and colorist, Felipe Sombrero. They're releasing 
a really cool hardcover omnibus version of the uh, the Strange Tales of Luther Strode, which is an amazing comic book from Image Comics. So you should check it out. Um, it's hardcover omnibus with like 100 pages of new content. So I'm going to get that. And Trad Moore is also doing a... Um, a near Comic Con exclusive cover for uh, Justin Jordan's new comic. It's called uh, The Family Trade. It's basically like ocean punk, so thing like Waterworld, um, but with it, it follows like this a family of assassins and thieves in this alternate history, like where like there's this island nation and it like very much in the flavor of like Waterworld, which is really awesome. Um, and just seeing seeing the pals, um, because the last time I saw anyone, um, Ryan visited Washington D.C., which was earlier this year. I think it was like February, but I haven't seen you guys since last year. Since like, no, I think we've seen each other um January. Did we? I to celebrate to celebrate our two years. Oh God! Wait, I thought it was last year. Or that the year before. I don't remember. God. Well, this is how bad it's been. I need to see you guys in person. We yeah. need we need the feast on tacos and stuff. Um, but and 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 if you guys are going to New York Comic Con again, uh, by the time this episode is released, it starts the next day. It starts October fifth through October eighth. So if you're gonna be there, tweet at us, and uh, maybe we'll have like an SMP Summit meetup. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, Stan. Stan will be there Thursday, Friday. I'll be there Friday, Sunday, and Ryan will be there Saturday, and Chris will be there all four days. Yeah, and I'll be at mostly at my booth. So stop by the vendors' booth three zero five five and come say hi. Yeah. And uh, well, that's it. I think uh, uh, that's it for the episode. Um, and this was really awesome. We can't wait for New York Comic Con. And, you know, tweet us if you're going to be there or tweet us what you're looking forward to or, you know, just tell us what you're looking forward to and what was your favorite moments um, yeah. by the time it wraps. And uh, we're probably going to do like a post-Comic-Con report. Um, oh, yeah. The next episode is going to be like Comic-Con. Like, like every year. The, the, po- the post-Sunday from Comic-Con is always the Comic-Con special. And yeah. Andy and I are definitely going to go to at least one panel together, so we're going to talk about that. It's going to be fun times. Please, for please, sure. Please go to Anime Batman for me in my stay because I can't go, and it sounds amazing. Like Stan, like the 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 production team for Anime Batman is ridiculous. You got people from JoJo Bar- Bizarre's Venture, Afro Samurai, and Kill a Kill all in the same project, wow. working for working on a Batman anime. That project. does sound crazy. How awesome is that? Oh, so good. So yeah. I'm I really want to see anime Batman, but I can't. So go on my stead, guys. Go on my stead. Definitely try. Yeah. Um so yeah, this is episode one one thirty of the Super Nerd of the Super Nerd Pass podcast. One thirty. One thirty. One thirty. Woo! So if you liked uh, anything that we talked about, whether it was this episode or last episode. And boy did we talk. Oh yeah. <laughs> so much ranting. It was good. It was good. Uh, I wish Ryan was here, but she's on call as Dr. Ryan, as usual. Uh, but hopefully she'll be back next week to tell us about her Comic-Con adventures as well. Uh, so if you like this podcast, you, um, you know, just you can uh, like, rate, share, subscribe. Uh, 
you know, join our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash super nerd pals. Follow us on Twitter. Um, you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, any uh, any podcast player of your choice. Uh, if you have anything to mention or chat or message us individually, we're all on Twitter. So you can find me on Twitter at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O Ninja for Hire. You could you could tweet at me, Stan Gudersky at Stan Doom Doom. And you can find me, Andy, on Twitter at Sweet Justice One. Um, that's O N E. But actually, I'm Stan. You can find me on Twitter, Stan Doom, and you can find him on Twitter at Sweet Justice One. That's just a little. little... You can yell at me for being a liar <laughs> about Ryan being here today uh, as well. It, we all, yeah. it almost worked out. It almost it's worked almost out. worked out. Almost worked out. You can also find Ryan on Twitter at the underscore the, <laughs> at underscore uh, horror. Too many damn underscores. That's okay. We got it. We went. We made it. So uh, enjoy the episode. Enjoy near Comic Con if you're going. And peace out. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. Please let us know if Blade Thanks is daddy. <laughs> is Blade daddy? Is more still a thing? Is more still in there? What? More, you're you're not the father, you know. Oh, you mean Maury? Maury, how you pronounce his name? Maury, Maury. Okay, there you go. Yeah, it's Maury. Excellent. Well, I think I think I think Blade would be a great dad. That's just that's just me. Blade is daddy. Blade is daddy. Hashtag Blade is daddy. Not unconfirmed currently. We need to confirm. No, no, he said. Hey, Ken is real. He's a daddy. Okay, who's daddy? <laughs> Stan's daddy. Stan's daddy. (laughs) All of our daddies. All our daddies. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace.